Good morning. It is the 3rd of January of 2024. And we have news that should remind any priests and yes, bishops who are watching, because I have been informed that there are in fact a couple of bishops who do watch not only my channel, but channels like this and do so very quietly. It was a reminder that they should always be aware that they are being watched themselves, that they are being monitored. And then I don't mean that by the secular powers, although if you look at what's going on in Central America right now with the priests, that's definitely true in that case. I mean that anytime they give an address publicly, meaning at their masses or any other public events, they're being watched. Eyes are on them. And in this increasingly divisive time inside the church, where there is a de facto schism already in the church, a lot of those eyes watching will not take kindly to the, the truth being told. Or even if it's, it's not the truth per se, maybe an erroneous declaration, I'll leave that for you to decide for yourself as we go over this story, one that is actually at least much closer to the truth than what we're dealing with in the present time. Oftentimes these unpleasant declarations people make will uh, ruffle the feathers of the powers that be in Rome. And the Bergolians who are now doubling and tripling down on everything we've seen happening in the last few weeks. I just found in my comments just minutes ago, somebody demanding that I retract what, everything I've been saying about the James Martin Blessings document. Even though it's very obvious that the James Martin Blessings document does what we have, what my, not only myself, but others in this sphere have been saying, whether it's Tim Gordon or Taylor Marshall or others, that the document does in fact give priests the power to bless James Martin couples. That's what we're dealing with. So we have today a story of a priest who needs to be, who is a, who I am a certain will be, if he hasn't already, will soon be contacting Archbishop Vigano's Exerge Domine, which is an organization for priests who are trying to work, not the SSPX or other similar kinds of groups who are dedicated to tradition, but aren't as, say, fully formed in tradition, judging from something Vigano said in an interview recently. And I'll go over that tomorrow, probably, unless some other big news breaks today, which the way things have been going has been the case. So good morning to everybody in the chat. Um, a traditionalist Catholic does agree with me, says his FSSP priest is watched and his sermons recorded. I'm not surprised by that. Um, Raven Ray, I will take it with a grain of salt anything at this point Orthodox clergy say because um, they're okay with a lot of things that the church has unequivocally denied and they deny dogmas too. But I, I do know, and I have a video on this later in the week, that Francis destroyed any ecumenical efforts possible with this document. So here we go. We're going to talk about this story here. And it is, I originally got this from the diocesan website, but I think for brevity's sake, we can just go with what katholisch.de, which is a German, which is the official outlet news outlet for the German bishops. Okay, so remember this. Now, this is there. The German bishops are not exactly the best bishops ever. In fact, they really are St. Gallen bishops, more or less. But here we go. Priest excommunicated after comments against the Pope. He calls him a Jesuit a stonecutter connected to the powers that be of the world. An Italian priest is taken to alternative hypotheses surrounding Pope Francis too far. 
for confused New Year's Eve sermon, he was immediately excommunicated. I will say, at the risk of um, sounding a little, uh, you know, like like almost like I'm accusing my peers of things, but I almost suspect this priest watches some of this kind of content, honestly, possibly some of the more radical stuff more so than I am. But in general, I expect that this priest is probably may actually be watching this stream for all I know. Who knows? If you are in this stream, send me an email. Let me know. I'll keep you. I'll, I'll uh, suggest you keep prayers for this priest, though. Because he took a stand, he said what he believed, and now he's paying the price for it. So here's the here's the story from the German bishops, who surprisingly give a very just matter-of-fact, as they see it, uh, reporting, given that they're the German synodal way bishops who were pushing all the James Martin stuff. I'm surprised. So, quote, not a good start to the new year. In Italy, a priest not only lost his job on New Year's Day, but also his membership of the Catholic Church. After making statements against Pope Francis, his responsible bishop immediately excommunicated him, meaning he excluded him from the ecclesial community, reports a newspaper, Corriere de Sera. The reason for the measure is said to be an incident during the New Year's Eve mass of the priest from the town of Gustice near Livorno. According to the newspaper, he had claimed in his sermon, meaning publicly, that Pope Francis was not the legitimate head of the Catholic Church, rather that the Argentinian had taken possession of his office illegitimately. The word used was usurper, by the way. <laughs> and then it goes into uh, the lightning strike story in Buenos Aires because the priest was aware of the story. This is why I suspect he was watching some of us. In the Mass, which coincided with the first anniversary of the passing of Pope Emeritus, Benedict XVI, the clergyman substantiated his claim. On December 17, 2023, the birthday of the incumbent Pope Lightning struck a statue of St. Peter near Buenos Aires. In the incident of the home of St. Peter's successor and Jesuit Francis, the figure's halo and key were destroyed. According to the priest, this was no coincidence. The halo was burnt because Peter was no longer a saint, was no longer a saint, but a Jesuit stonecutter. Now, the priest did not say that Peter, meaning Saint Peter, the Apostle Peter, right? Meaning, but more like Peter, meaning Francis, but a Jesuit stonecutter linked to all the powers that be, an anti-papal usurper. The keys had been destroyed because, quote, the good Benedict, i.e., the former Pope, had kept them one interpretation. <laughs> in addition to the excommunication of the priest, due to the public act of schismatic nature, the bishop also admonished the faithful of the parish. They must not take part in any celebrations or any other worship practices of the ex-priest in question, otherwise they too would be expelled from the Catholic Church. End quote. So, okay. For those wondering why your priests, who you suspect have a very who, believe, who agree with you, whatever your position is, or have at least a better position on the state of things in the church than they may publicly let on about, why they don't take a public stand, that's why they don't. Because that happens. Now, that happened in Italy. Francis is, at least on paper, the, you know, the patriarch of the West and the head of the bishops in Italy. So, in addition to, of course, being on paper, at least, you know, the head of the church on earth. Meaning he could have just gotten on, as soon as he heard about this, gotten on the phone and called that bishop and demanded that he be excommunicated, or more likely the bishop just took care of it himself. But the influence is there. But this could happen at any diocese anywhere in the world. And this is why your priests and many of your bishops who you suspect are allied with the truth as you understand it, don't take, the, don't take stands like that because this is what happens to them. I know of some priests who are, who would generally agree with what that priest said, who believed that Benedict was the authentic Pope and that we are now in an interregnum and that Francis is a pretender. 
but they can't say so publicly because that they will follow suit with what happened to him. The priest is reported to have said afterwards, by the way, that he was happy to be excommunicated from from the basically the false church, <laughs> that it was a basically a tyranny. Those are the words he used. That's an incredible statement to make. I'm going to check the chat here. Um, just checking the chat here before we go on, because I want to show you the actual st statement. Actually, I'll just go right to it. We have the this is a statement issued by one of the bishops. He said, and I had it was in Italian, so I had to go run it through Deep L translates, which is why I'm showing it to you in a Word document, or not in a Word document, but my uh, um, a Google document. It says, "Dear brethren, dear faithful, notice is hereby given that Don Ramon Giudetti, presbyter of the Diocese of Livorno and pastor of the parish of San Ranieri and Gustece, on December 31st, 2023, during the Eucharistic celebration, has publicly performed an act of a schismatic nature." refusing submission to the Roman pontiff and the communion with the members of the church subject to him, citing Canon 751. Bishop Simone Giusti, Bishop of the Diocese of Livorno, today issued a decree by which, in accordance with Canon 1364, subsection 1 of the Code of Canon Law, he declares that Father Ramon Giodetti has ipso facto incurred excommunication latente sententia. That priest, the said priest is, as of today's date, suspended ad divinus and removed from the office of pastor of the parish of San Ranieri in Gustici in accordance with canon law. Priests and faithful are admonished not to participate in any of his celebrations or other practices of worship, for they would ipso facto incur the very serious penalty of excommunication. Meaning, if you go to a priest who has, suffers from this, you will automatically be excommunicated according to the decree of that bishop. How binding is it? Depends where you think where, where, we, where we are in the present state of the church. As someone pointed out in the chat before we went live, this priest had this happen to him like that, lightning fast. What happened to Rupnik, though? I can't tell you what Rupnik did on, on this platform in the details, but you've heard the stories by now. I've done some videos on it before in very surreptitious ways. What happened to Rupnik? He was expelled from the Jesuits because of the things he did was too much for the Jesuits. Think about that for a second. But he still is running the institute that he was running in Rome, even though he was put back into practice in, in Slovenia. Think about that for a second. The priest is back in active ministry, but isn't even acknowledging that he's supposed to be in his home country. He's in Rome, doing the key, continuing to do the same work he had done before. Meanwhile, the nuns that he had been doing evil things to their order had been dissolved. And at this priest, lightning fast, excommunicated. That decree was dated, the one I just read to you, dated the first, meaning the next day they did this. The bishop probably took a moment from his day off to write that short decree. Okay, that's how quickly they responded to this. Just going to quickly chat. Wow, the very active chat today. Very cool. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is what Francis's mercy looks like, and which is why I wanted to bring you this. Here is Francis's prayer intention for January. Okay, Francis's prayer intention is published by Vatican News. Let us pray that the Spirit help us recognize the gift of different charisms within the Christian communities, and to discover the richness of different ritual traditions within the Catholic Church. Yeah, different ritual tradition. Now, what he's making a reference to there, too, is what's going on in India, okay? In India, they've got the 
this problem where, the, where Francis is trying to actually enforce Vatican II for the East, various Eastern rites, where Vatican II said specifically keep the identity of your Eastern rites, your liturgical heritage intact. While because before the council, many of those were, uh, Eastern rites were starting to look more and more like the Latin West in terms of some of their liturgical practices. And that kept going after the council. That decree was completely ignored. But instead of now adopting parts of the traditional Latin mass into the various liturgies, they started adopting parts of the Novus Ordo. And there are bishops and priests in a specific diocese in India who are saying, no, they're not going to submit. They actually want their masses to look more like the Novus Ordo. And Francis is trying to keep them in line in, with Vatican II, meaning that he wants them to actually have a more traditional liturgy. That's what he's refer referencing. But the doc, but the decree, his, his actual prayer intention is really funny because in the Latin West, we do not have any liturgical diversity being respected. <sighs> Lynn says, Rupnik gets a cushy place in Rome and only gets expelled from the Jesuit order as his punishment. Right, and some might say that's not much of a punishment. Really, that might actually free him up more to do things. Which is why also you get this story from the eponymous flower. I'm lagging. I'm hoping I'm still on. Yeah, I am good. We have the plot from the eponymous flower, which is a good website. If you haven't actually, I haven't cited them in a while, but you should uh, get a chance to check them out if you can. It says, their headline is, whoever doesn't have a good relationship with Pope Francis isn't Catholic. It's a statement made by Cardinal Matteo Zuppi, who is often considered one of the front runners to be a Francis II. And he would be a more dangerous Francis II because he is more charismatic. He comes off as much more kind than Francis does, much more mild-mannered. But he is a through-and-through thorough Bergolian, despite some reports of him have uh, having the habit of praying a traditional breviary, a preconciliar form of the breviary. He's still considered through-and-through through a Bergolian, someone to keep an eye on. But he is speaking response to that diabolical decree of Francis's about James Martin blessings and how the pushback against it is unfounded and how everybody is basically wrong. <laughs> okay. Let's take a look at what he has to say here. Quote, resistance to Rome declaration fiducius supplicans on James Martin blessings is internal. There is great indignation among the faithful, including in Italy, where the maxim of not wanting to be, quote, more papal than the Pope applies. Cardinal Matteo Zuppi, the chairman of the Italian Bishops' Conference, now threatened to use the rod to discipline the clergy and believers. Today, TV 2000, the bishop's television station in Italy, is broadcasting an interview with the Cardinal as a review of the year and an outlook. Zuppi, with his unmistakable Roman accent, belongs to the community of Sant'Egidio. He was appointed Archbishop of Bologna, Italy's left-wing stronghold par excellence, by Pope Francis and created Cardinal. Zuppi is very close to Francis and is used by him as a peace mediator in the ongoing, ongoing but soon-to-be-ending conflict. In addition, the 68-year-old cardinal is considered the Bergoglian Papabile in the next conclave, assuming we have one sometime soon, which seems probable, but I tend to think we're going to have Francis for longer than some people think. A central content of the interview was distributed in advance by the Italian State Press Agency. The wish is that this part of the message in particular should reach people. According to the agency, Zuppi first emphasizes there is a good dialectical relationship between the Italian church and Pope Francis. To then get to the actual message, if you're Catholic and you don't have good relations with the Pope, then maybe you've forgotten that you're Catholic, I think. In other words, anyone who does not follow Pope Francis, quote, is not Catholic. In the current context, the statement is obviously aimed at contradicting Fiducia supplicants. End quote. 
see what they're doing. That priest was excommunicated because he did not believe Francis was legitimate. I am absolutely certain Fiducia Supplicans was probably the straw that broke the camel's back on that story for him. Because that document is very obvious of what it does. As I will go over in some detail with you here in the next couple of days in a more traditional formatted video. Because there are now consequences happening in the secular world from that document. And yet... We are being told now that you are not Catholic if you do not just submit to it. Predictable, of course, because the whole point that we saw this in the uh, the Alta Vendita, that document, if you're familiar with it, where uh, adversaries of the church wanted a pope in their own image to basically use the banner of Christ and the keys to usher in their values into the world. They said as much, but they could not have a member of their organizations be said pontiff. And I think that's actually they finally got what they wanted. Because they could then have this Pope promote all their ideas and demand obedience to them and suppress any resistance within the church to it, exactly as you're seeing now. And this is why I say again, priests who speak publicly on this need to be very careful. This is why you'll see some priests that you, you see the things they say on social media and you pretty much get the idea that they have the same kind of questions that you or I might have about the legitimacy of Francis, depending on what your take on that is, because there's about a dozen different options and variations out there of that. But any one of them being given any real voice in, in an unequivocal way will get that priest removed from active ministry, probably excommunicated. Now, the question I have to ask for you is, do you believe that excommunication is valid? I'm one of those who you may have noticed that I put a few times a year one of the sermons of Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre up here. He was excommunicated. And I don't believe that was it valid in the slightest. The man was a prophet. He clearly saw what was happening and what was where this would lead us. Hence why he founded the Society of St. Pius X, an organization that is by probably by the admission of most of their priests, not exactly perfect, but they are doing a good job of preserving the faith. And this is why Archbishop Vigano, in a similar vein, founded Exerge Domine to help priests in Italy first and now in the United States from a different kind of angle, but still priests who are dedicated to tradition. So I hope that the priest in the story that I'm talking to you about today reaches out to Archbishop Vigano, gets help from him if he can, and is able to help people. But the question I have to ask you is, with that decree from the bishop saying, if you go to Mass with him, you will be excommunicated. Do you believe that to be valid? Or do you think we've passed the point of no return already, and that that's a decree from the ape of the church and not the actual Catholic church? Traditionalist Catholic asks, where was this modernist insistence on obedience and loyalty to a reigning pope under John Paul II and Benedict XVI? Good question. Um, I think a lot of our the clarity we have now is made possible because of social media. We can see the stories coming in from Europe, and you get people who can talk to about them who, are, who seem knowledgeable on these things and help people clarify their understanding of things. And I think most of our attitudes towards previous pontiffs, honestly, in the conciliar era, would be different if there had been social media at the time. We didn't get social media really until Benedict. And even then, social media in 2020 is different than social media in 2010. Robert Richards says he thinks the SSPX will get excommunicated again. Possibly, um, although I do caution people to not believe that story about there being a consecration of bishops. The people I know who actually, uh, I knew, I know some people who actually are employees 
of the SSPX on a very low level, and they have the ability to ask pretty high-ranking priests about this stuff, and they say this is not happening, not yet. Um, so don't believe that story until you see the uh, an actual SSPX official news source say something. Um, Teresa de Avila says, tomorrow is the 3rd of January, holy name of Jesus. Let us pray especially for our church and faithfulness to Jesus. Tomorrow's a good day for you to do acts of reparation for uh, people using our Lord's name in vain. That's a good day to do it. Also, tomorrow, remember that this coming weekend, we have a first Friday and a first Saturday. So if you are either keeping those devotions or planning to start them in the new year, remember that this is when that happens. Um, let's see. Howard is the first time in the chat. Good morning from Northern Wisconsin. Appreciate frivolous pursuit of the truth. What we see going on in the church started decades ago. It absolutely started decades ago. This is why I pump, actually at this point, we can say centuries ago, because you had not only Pius X, St. Pius X, writing his landmark encyclical Pascendi Dominici Gregis in uh, the first decade of the 20th century. You had almost a century beforehand, Gregory XVI, writing documents against these same kinds of errors. They just weren't as cool, well coalesced, and he didn't use the term modernist, but it was clear that he was writing against the, the same errors just in an earlier form of them. This problem has been around a while, and it's now we're, late, we're living with the full manifestation of them. Linda tells me, yes, we have passed the, the point of no return. This is why I ask, would you go to Mass with that priest? Jean Michel said, Jean. Gene Michael says excommunicated is a political ploy and not Christ-centered. At least in this case, there are times where excommunication is valid. I mean, when Rupnik automatically excommunicated himself, was that invalid? I don't think so. Um, is it true? I wouldn't use a secular ideology. This is the heresy of modernism. I would also suggest a manipulation of the church hierarchy going back to the 50s, probably from uh, outside uh, forces. Lee Shunwen says, Zupi has tried to court the traditionalists with public appearances at Samora Pontificum pilgrimage. He may be a modernist, but he seems to be to signal more tolerance. Right, which actually in some ways makes him more dangerous. Remember, he might be the kind who would undo parts of Traditionis Custodis while then further pushing other aspects of Bergoglio's program. Um, Teresa reminds us that the first Australian saint, Sari St. Mary Macalip of the cross was excommunicated. Anyone who associated with her was threatened with excommunication too. It was lifted in by the bishop who imposed it on it in his final moments. Uh, similar kinds of story was uh, with St. Joan of Arc and some others. Um, excommunication seems on the surface, of course, to be an act of infallibility, but the number of times it's been or been lifted and then those who had been excommunicated canonized suggest that it's not. But yes, we so we have a priest who has been excommunicated because he does not believe Francis is actually the Pope, and he said as much at a mass, and it cost him everything. Whether you believe that the uh, that it really cost him everything or not, I'm curious about. So, if you're especially watching this later, let me know in the comments because if he's right, then the excommunication is obviously not valid. <laughs> so again, would you go to mass with him? Uh, Rusty Head says, yes, I'd go to Mass of that priest. He only spoke the truth. Right. That's one. That's definitely one. I can see someone saying, no, I wouldn't because I, the the excommunication might be valid. I could see somebody saying that too, and having legitimately legitimate reasons for that. 
Diane says, if, if the Rupnik excommunication was not upheld, this excommunication should not be upheld either. There's that too. Rupnik is going to loom over everything in the church for a long, long time. Was Padre Pio officially excommunicated? I don't think he was. He could not celebrate the mass and do confessions for a while. That's true, but I don't think he was ever actually excommunicated. All right, folks, if there are any final thoughts in the chat, we will entertain them now. Otherwise, we're going to wrap this up. I have an interesting video for you, of course, going live here shortly. This is a story about this priest. You should keep this priest in your prayers. Keep his bishop in your prayers. And anybody that I mentioned in a way, remember, we're not here to, we're not trying to, you know, denigrate anybody. We're trying to actually foster people to pray for the church and to wake up to what's going on in the church. Ponto said, uh, has been said that masses are being tinkered with during the first world. Yeah, I mean, this is why I recommend uh, Father, the late Father Anthony, Anthony Chicotta. Yes, I said of a contest priest, but he is probably was the preeminent scholar on the new mass and where it came from. His examination of that, either in the book, The uh, Work of Human Hands, or if you don't want to necessarily read a book that's about that thick, I mean, it's huge and it's hard to get right now. You can go to his YouTube channel. He's got a, 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 a video series where he does uh, short talks of about for each chapter. It's not the same as reading the book, obviously, but you get the idea from watching his series where he talks about the history of where the new mass came from. And you see the number of uh, the people who helped design it were actually excommunicated modernists. That's it's scary stuff when you see it. All right. Uh, Teresa says, uh, Padre Pio was suppressed five times, but never excommunicated. There you go. Can Francis touch the SSPX? Not really. Their properties aren't even owned by them. They, uh, with some exceptions, I think. But, I mean, they're, they are in canonical limbo, and that works to their benefit in this, this sort of situation. There are other ways to, 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 for that he could possibly deal with them, though, like working with governments and things. All right. So remember, any priest watching this, Exercise caution and prudence. Act accordingly to your conscience, of course, but act with prudence because this is your best example of what happens. And Traditional Catholic says he saw the Father Chicada series. Yeah, I it's eye-opening when you watch where he says this stuff comes from. He was, uh, I think, probably one of the, the brightest minds of in, in the traditional world. Even if, and I don't, and I'm not a set of a contest. I don't agree with his final conclusions about things, but man clearly knew what he was talking about with the liturgy. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. Please, as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.